Welcome to Making the Cut. In this podcast, I hope to be as candid as possible, to not only highlight the good parts about this journey of trying to make it in our careers, to become successful in our careers, but I want to also illustrate the not-so-good parts, because this journey entails good and bad. There's struggle, while there's also success at every phase of the journey. I believe this path is a series of steps, of being good enough to make it to that next level. And we're all just trying to improve and be good enough to make the cut, to grow in our careers and eventually reach our goal of being successful. So my name is May. Some of you may actually know me as Michelle. And it's weird. It's weird for me too. I kind of have two personalities and two personas. So this actually goes into today's topic for this episode, acceptance. So a little bit more about me. I'm currently in my third year of biomedical science at the University of Ottawa and currently actually doing my eight-month co-op at the Children's Hospital of Eastern Ontario in the Division of Orthopedic Surgery where I'm a clinical researcher. And so I'm on a pre-med track where the goal is to get to med school, to graduate med school, to get into residency, hopefully here in Ottawa, at CHEO. I really love CHEO. Finish residency, become a, um, attending at, as an orthopedic surgeon. So that's my, the game that I'm playing, the journey that I'm on. However, like I had mentioned right before this, May and Michelle are very different people in my mind. I've associated Michelle with high school me, who was an athlete, who was extroverted, the life of the party. My priorities in high school were very different than what they are now. Where in high school, I, my whole identity was playing rugby. And so the student athlete, the athlete became before the student. And so I spent a lot of time training. Um, for a while, I had a personal trainer downtown. And so I had to actually skip pretty well half of my last period to go to my personal trainer. And Inherently, by allocating a lot of my time to rugby, my grades were sacrificed. I was I was pr- pretty well in the middle or bottom of my class, you know. My grades suffered because I dedicated so much of my life to rugby. So in high school, that was the game I was playing, the journey that I was on. Of, I was on this journey of trying to make the cut for every single team that I was trying out for trying to be good enough, working my ass off to be good enough to make the cut for these teams, whether literally for a Rugby Ontario team, a Rugby Canada team, it was, that was the journey that I was on and that was my focus. However, I feel like I've changed a lot. I've grown and now university me, May, where I associate May with the university me, I'm much more introverted. I'm a homebody and I haven't played rugby since I came out of high school. So I'm, I like to call myself a retired athlete and now my priorities are very different. School has been my number one priority and this new path that I've really, really pursued and given my all to of my ultimate goal of becoming an orthopedic surgeon, becoming a doctor, that's that's the journey that I'm on. 
At first, it was hard to really make this transition from high school to university because, like I said, rugby was such a big part of my identity. After my injury at Nationals, literally a few days before training camp at University of Ottawa, I had injured my hand. I was in excruciating pain. I showed up to training camp and I couldn't do anything. Like, I couldn't even open a door, nonetheless throw a rugby ball. The dream of playing for that season was gone. And then I waited eight months for surgery and then surgery took me out. I was casted, rehab, and and then COVID hit. So it felt like the world was telling me rugby is not in my books, in my future. It's not in my path anymore. And it was just a bunch of wrong timing. So the summer go summer after first year, I had the once in a lifetime opportunity to go to Tibet where I was offered by my homeopathic doctor that I've been seeing since I was probably 14. He does a trip every four years to Tibet, and he, he really liked me as, as a human being, and he offered. He was like, I'm going to Tibet for the summer. Would you like to come? There was no way I was passing up this opportunity because, one, it was a once-in-a-lifetime chance. You don't get to go to Tibet just on your own I guess so that was going to be at the end of the summer and I gave up playing rugby for my trip to Tibet which I have zero regrets because that trip to Tibet really changed my life and then obviously the summer after that COVID hit and the season couldn't happen so it was just the wrong timing it was the world telling me I'm not meant to be a rugby player anymore as I'm recording this, it's around the same time every year that I get this thought in my head, hey, maybe I can play rugby again. And I really, really miss rugby. I don't know what what it is about this time, but I, I just really miss rugby during this time every single year. Without a doubt, it always comes. I miss playing. So I'm still kind of dealing with this whole acceptance with that. However, I've made lots of progress in terms of accepting that I'm no longer an athlete. My journey in high school and my path in university are vastly different because coming into university, I felt like in high school I made so many mistakes and I had failed because my grades weren't good enough and I felt like my grades were the reason I didn't get into the top schools that I had made the mistake of focusing too much on rugby and putting school as second. So in university, I wanted to go the exact opposite direction because I hated myself for making that decision. Focusing on rugby and nothing panned from it. I never played in university. I'm never going to go pro. It's I felt coming to university, I made the wrong decision to focus on rugby. And so I focused my everything into school. I gave up everything. I thought that was the right thing to do. I had to, in a sense, punish myself for making that decision. Punishing myself for the mistakes I made in high school was a common theme in my life because I felt like high school me made a lot of bad decisions and that was my biggest struggle and that was the short-term journey I was on since first year. And so 
my journey to Tibet, my trip to Tibet actually taught me a lot about acceptance. My trip to Tibet was in summer of 2019. And during this trip, like I said, right before I had my whole identity ripped under me, I had no idea who I was without rugby because that was my whole life. That was my whole being. On top of things, a lot of other things played a role and I was quite possibly in the worst mental state ever in my life. Aside from my trip to Tibet physically being the hardest trip of my life to ascend up to the mountain over, what, 8,000 feet? Mentally, it was the toughest journey I've ever partaken. So this is, I guess, is a little sidetracked in terms of a career journey, but I do believe that a journey to self-love and self-acceptance is the foundation to your career journey because if you can't accept yourself and everything you are, you can't move forward. And in my trip to Tibet, I really learned about gratitude because the people living in the mountains were isolated. I don't think many of them, if any, had beds like we have or even a mattress. They slept on the floor on a carpet. The people up there had so little, yet they were so happy and welcoming to welcome you into their home and offer you food and we stayed in we stayed in a monastery for the whole month that I was there and they offered us food. You only would pay if you wanted to, it was voluntary. So they fed us, they housed us and everything without asking for anything back. And seeing their actions really made me realize, wow, I am taking so many things back home, back in Canada for granted. And inherently in being in a monastery and being in such a spiritual land, I really learned to believe in something bigger than myself. My faith grew a bajillion times. And once I started to believe in something bigger than myself, things didn't seem so big. My problems weren't so big. It wasn't like one thing could just tear my world apart anymore. Having faith, I believe, has allowed me to feel in control of things down here on earth and really enforce this idea that whatever happens is meant to happen and all you can do is focus on where you go from your current moment. What you can do is your actions. You can take actions and take control over only so much. So you don't worry about all this, oh, what if? You can only control so much in your life and you have to focus on what you can control and leave everything else up to some higher power. You have to be grateful for your current situation, your current moment, or else you just don't see the value that you are getting from right now. I used to think that gratitude was cliche and that the whole idea of writing every single day something that you're grateful for, but my perspective has really changed on that. And I do see the value and it's the idea and it's even proven in psychology that your actions can affect and change your attitude. So your actions of actively thinking and actively being grateful actually allows you to change your attitude and have gratitude as part of your your thinking process. Gratitude is beyond just being grateful for what you have, but it's also learning to live in the moment 
Because I think in the movie A Pursuit of Happiness, this pursuit is what prevents you from being happy. You'll never get to this quote-unquote idea of happiness. Happiness is found in the, the present. Because once you appreciate things for the right now and appreciate things for the way they are, you stop wishing and chasing for more or chasing for something else, something better. And you never appreciate the things that are right in front of you. You always want more. And I think it ties into the idea of acceptance because once you accept the good things that are happening right now, you get to take all the good in for what it is and you don't think, what if there's something better out there? Because then you just kind of miss the whole idea that there's something good right in front of you. I also believe that whenever you are chasing something greater and you're thinking about five steps ahead of will I be good enough five steps ahead you're not focusing on how can I make myself the best right now to make it to that next step a lot of people struggle with looking too far ahead and having too long-term goals but I think it's very important to have short-term goals of I just want to be good enough to make it to that next step to for me it'd be I just want to be good enough to get into med school I don't need to worry about how am I going to be good enough to get into residency? I just focus on what is right in front of me and what is good that I am doing right now to make me the best candidate possible. It's accepting that that and accepting that I just need to focus on one step at a time. I also think that you also have to accept the not so good in terms of Yes, I might have made mistakes in my past. Yes, maybe I wasn't the best candidate a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. But you can't always have your head looking backwards. You can't move forward when your head is constantly on a swivel. The things that have happened in the past have happened and you can't change what has happened in the past and the decisions you made and who you were in the past. You just have to accept that is behind me. I just have to keep trucking on and keep moving forward. And what I have control of is who I become in the future. And tomorrow, it's we look straight ahead. Another big lesson that I learned in Tibet is, is one of the lamas, a, which is a Tibetan spiritual leader, is that he told me, don't hate the family situation you were born into. You had no choice in that. But you do have choice and power in this lifetime to change and work hard to determine the person you want to be and the things you achieve in this lifetime. And that has resonated me since 2019. To put it in a different way, in a different perspective, is that you come into this world and you're handed a set of cards that you didn't get to choose. You just picked up your hand and you looked at it. But now you're in this game, in this in this journey of life, and you have this set of cards. So what are you going to do with it? Even if you got a shitty hand, so what? You have no choice to continue playing this game. It's not about the, the hand you got, it's about how you play this game. So you look at what you've been given and you're like, okay, 
how can I take control of this? And how can I take action to make this better? You don't focus on the things you can't control. You focus on these actionable steps you can take to play this game well. And I think that goes into our careers. Whether you're born into a less well-off family or, you know, you're not born into a family with a multitude of connections that can get you into jobs. But who cares? It's all about how you network. You go out and chase that dream and you go and network and talk to all these people and you create these opportunities. And I can honestly say when you go and chase these and stay persistent when you get something in return it feels so much better that you earn that instead of having your situation handed to you when you got that job through a family connection you were just born into it you were just lucky and i think why tibet was the most life-changing experience ever was I really learned to forgive myself in Tibet. The year leading up to my trip was, like I said, the worst mental state I've ever been in. I had felt empty. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel anything. And believe me, I'm a person that feels a lot. I feel the highs really high and I feel the lows really low. But that year, I something was ripped out of me and I felt empty, and I felt lost, What? because I lost my whole identity, I lost, I lost so much that year, and I had made poor decisions that not only hurt myself, but hurt the people around me, overall, as dark it is, it, as it is, I just hated myself, and all the decisions I made, and I am happy to say that after this trip, I came back a completely new person because every single day in Tibet I would spend three hours meditating while the lamas chanted at first it was really tough to like get into it and really really submerge myself in the culture and to be honest I fell asleep for the first eight days every single day I would just fall asleep because one I guess it was soothing but it was just, I just fell asleep and I didn't really get the full value from it. And on my eighth day there, I really forced myself to be present during the meditation. Even though I couldn't understand anything they were chanting, I decided that I would give it a fair shot and I would just repeat after them in my head. Whether I was saying it correctly or I just forced myself to be present and focus. August 11th was the day my life really changed. I felt so light. I, I literally felt like my body lifted off the ground. And as wild as this sounds, I really felt it. I felt like I was floating in the sky with the Lama where nobody was there except for me and him and the light blue sky and he was speaking to me in English even though he didn't speak any English but he said the words and kept repeating these words forgive yourself forgive yourself forgive yourself and all of a sudden I felt tears rolling down my face but these tears were so different 
I'm a big crier. I, I've cried out of sadness, but this cry was so different. It wasn't out of sadness nor anger towards myself. It was, I felt like I was crying every negative thing that was in my body out. All the baggage gone. And that's why I felt so light and like I could float. And I kept a pretty detailed diary during my trip and I pulled it up for this. And I quote from my notes on that day, my body was pure. I've never felt that at peace in my own mind and body before. I could actually think. I have come to terms with my life. I am moving on from my previous chapters. I am so at peace with myself. That's where my life really changed and turned around. Instead of putting myself in this box of thinking my identity was so tied to rugby, which I had lost, instead of putting myself in this box, I let my I freed myself. It was liberating to think to to know that that was past me, but that's that wasn't all that I have to me. I'm not just a rugby player. I'm not just an athlete. There are so many parts about me that I can pursue and and explore that can bring me into different journeys. And honestly, it wasn't like I fully closed that door because I actually truly believe that my passion for orthopedics and giving new biomechanics to children, it that that passion stemmed from rugby. And that is me accepting that as a rugby player, that is left in the past. But what I've taken away from rugby, all the lessons I've learned, is still within me. And that is what I take away from that and move on in my journey and pursue something else. Because through rugby, I've, I grew this love for orthopedics. And I see how, how big of a role these orthopedics doctors play, whether in, it be in an athlete's life to allow them to return to their sport and return their anatomy to as normal as possible, sometimes even stronger because I feel stronger after my surgery. But the the moral of that is that it is only when you accept the old versions of yourself that you can grow and stretch and become a new and better version. Because I've accepted that being a rugby player is no longer in my books, it has, it has allowed me to have clear eyes and allowed me to explore my passions for orthopedics and really take this journey of and dive headfirst into this journey of becoming an orthopedic surgeon. Because before in high school, I was like, yeah, I want to be a doctor, but my whole heart wasn't in it. Now, leaving that behind I can move forward and really pursue my dreams my my passion my calling of becoming a doctor and so even with that I still think that I struggle with another topic that I want to talk about is that I still struggle with a balance of excessive optimism and excessive pessimism because I think that both extremes are very toxic and I think this toxicity can apply to any career path any journey that you're you are on 
and it's also it has been proven by science and by psychologists that you need a balance some amount of pessimism is good excessive pessimism leads to you thinking that you aren't good enough you won't ever try to step out of your comfort zone or because you just simply don't think you're good enough you continuously beat yourself down and you don't apply for jobs that you're slightly underqualified for because you just think oh i don't want to just i'm not good enough why even try I think that's where excessive pessimism can be so toxic because you are stopping yourself. You are the reason you don't think you're good enough and that you don't believe you can make that cut to make it to that next step in your journey. I also think that the opposite side of that is excessive optimism can be so toxic where you can get into this mindset that you're destined for greatness. Then you put so much pressure on yourself, this excessive pressure, and you can't deal with any failure, any deviation along the way of reaching your end goal. And I think this this environment can be is heavily cultivated, especially in university, especially the classic pre-med idea. And when you're in a group of people in a pre-med group that everybody's kind of working towards the same goal, you kind of hype each other up and you're like like you know those raw raw speakers like yeah let's do it you kind of i don't know you kind of get into this delusional thinking that you can be a unicorn in this world that you're destined to be great and you're meant to be this unicorn but if everybody was destined to be a unicorn they wouldn't be so special and maybe and maybe this is also me struggling with a balance of being pessimistic and I struggle with feeling not good enough. I struggle with, oh, am I even good enough to make it to med school? Why am I bothering with this whole journey? I'm, I'm not good enough. It really opened my perspective whenever I was talking to the PhD student in the lab that I'm volunteering in. I was talking to her about gratitude. And she was like, I think gratitude is wonderful and great. But when you take it to too far of an extreme, it can become blinding and debilitating where you don't let yourself fail. You don't let yourself have bad days. You don't let yourself feel the bad parts because it's necessary. It is necessary to kind of reset and think, hey, I didn't do so well there. And once you accept the bad, you can move forward and have a clear mind of okay that didn't go so well but what can i do from right now to improve and this weekend my boyfriend cole went to a entrepreneurship conference where they had a lot of these like i said these rah-rah like speakers where it was really motivating i personally thought that it could have it could go a very opposite way of going to the excessive optimism idea and everybody that listened to the conference could have said wow i can be an entrepreneur i'm meant to be an entrepreneur this is my calling but in reality not everyone is meant to be this great person that revolutionizes the world and honestly once you accept that it's okay if you're not this revolutionist you stop putting yourself under this pressure to be that and you let yourself explore things naturally 
and you explore things that you're passionate about, that you're good at, just a better fit for yourself. So one of the last speakers they had at this conference was Michael Seibal, who's the founder of Twitch and Social Cam. And he honestly put it in the best way possible. And I really related to it where he was like, the startup world is very much like the sports world. You need a mix of being lucky, talented, and hardworking. If you're not willing to play this game and everything it entails, both the good and the bad, go play a different game, go on a different journey because it's just not for you. But when you take it and you take a step back and you realize he's right, not everybody's cut out to be a doctor. And I know that like I quite possibly am not cut out to be a doctor. I and I and I've accepted that maybe I'm not, but right now I'm pursuing it because it makes me happy and it makes me fulfilled and if along the way I find something that is better suited for my personality, my nature, my my strengths, then I'm okay with that. And I think this is relieving in a sense that I don't have this pressure. Of course I want to make it. Of course I want to finish this journey that I'm on. But at the same time, I haven't put myself in this box and I'm open to whatever comes my way. So going back to what Michael was saying, he was saying that like sports, not everybody won, not everyone makes it pro. At every stage, there is a bottleneck. And I think that applies to a career path because in, in middle school and high school, everybody plays sports. Then fewer people go and pursue playing provincially or nationally. Only a couple people from each school actually go and play at the university level. And then very, very, very few people end up going pro and making playing sports their career. Even though they made the cut every single stage before that, they didn't make the cut at the end. And it's tough to think that, what if I'm not good enough at any of these stages? You can't think so far ahead of the what ifs, what if I'm not good enough at 10 stages in front of me because I think that it's debilitating and you're not letting yourself live in the moment. I truly believe that at every single stage of this journey, you will feel like, am I good enough to make that next cut? Even somebody that's already quote unquote made it to where you think that you want to go ultimately, they have a next stage that they want to reach. This is just a game that we all play in this life of trying to make it to the next level, trying to be better. And I think accepting these hard truths relieves you of any pressure and the thinking behind, oh, I have to make it or else I'm a failure. And accepting that, you know, sometimes you're just not meant for a specific path and that's okay. As long as you're pursuing and becoming the best version of yourself right now, and you're making yourself the best candidate to make it to that next level, that's all you can do. Whatever the results are, whether you you are accepted to go into that next level or you aren't, it doesn't matter because it's all about the process. It's not about the, the outcomes, it's about the process. And ultimately the idea of accepting yourself is that you can't expect yourself to be someone that you aren't. Where... You can't expect yourself to be an entrepreneur if you just don't have that mentality, you don't have that talent, you don't have the work ethic, or you don't, you aren't just lucky. 
you I can't expect myself to become a physician or an orthopedic surgeon if I'm just not cut out, if I'm just not good enough. And that's okay. As long as I'm pursuing it right now and becoming the best version of myself and working towards it, I'm successful in this current moment. I know this isn't the motivating, self-helpy podcast episode as some may like it to be, but I really truly believe that once you accept things and accept yourself for who you are, you stop limiting yourself to this huge expectation and you really start to explore things that fit who you are better. Don't get me wrong, work your ass off at this game you're playing. Be that one in the million, try to be that unicorn, but at the same time also accept that there's a chance you're not that one in a million and that's okay. Because maybe somewhere along the way of playing this game and on this journey, you call making a career for yourself and trying to pursue this career that you had planned in your for yourself in your head you find something you didn't expect yourself to be good at or love and once you stop putting yourself in this box and expecting yourself to be x person and discrediting everything else once you stop limiting yourself you actually get to explore who you are and and find fulfillment in the things you do. Moral of this is, yes, work your ass off and become better and invest in yourself in this process. But don't don't work to chase a goal and chase this arbitrary career that you have set out for yourself. Because sometimes, and the hard truth is, is that this goal that you've set for yourself may not be right for you. And it's all about the journey. It's all about each step becoming the best applicant becoming the best you so that you can in pursuit make the cut and sometimes it takes you on a different journey that you didn't expect and once you stop limiting yourself to just one idea of success you will explore so many different things and so i want to end this podcast by saying thank you for listening and i hope you tune in for more episodes because i hope to get guests on this podcast and interview them and have candid conversations with people that are at different points in their career specifically in their medical journey Um, i'm hoping to get like a med school student a resident a fellow a attending chief chief of surgery chief of the department i want to show every step of this journey and i also want to highlight that this journey is not linear it's like i said once you stop pinning yourself to this idea that I have to get there to be successful because sometimes you take diversion you know you might want to go to pharmacy school while you're becoming the best version of your current undergraduate self and you realize I actually am better fit to do this or better fit to do this once you stop focusing so far ahead and focus on the now and accept who you are right now your possibilities are endless and i want to also give a shout out to the next iteration podcast by fuwan and damien for honestly inspiring me to do this because i i listened to their podcast on my way to work and in the lab and they have really provided me value and allowed me to think and reflect on myself and that's really what i hope to do here I hope to, through my self-reflection, inspire 
someone else out there and make an impact to someone else out there to take that self-reflection journey because I think that is the foundation of our career journey. So thank you for listening and I hope you tune back in for episode two.